get God's approval not by what you do. You get God's approval by what you believe. This is the way that Paul said it in Philippians chapter 3. Not having a righteousness or an approval of my own that comes from keeping the law and checking boxes and getting gold stars, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. Today, we'll conclude the Approval Addict series with the second half of the final message called How to Get God's Stamp of Approval. If you were with us last week, Pastor Trent told the story of the Wemmicks, written by author Max Lucado. The Wemmicks were wooden people who handed out gold stars or gray dots to each other based on their approval or disapproval. Can you relate to the Wemmicks? placing high value on the opinion of others? Well, we hope that in this series, you've been encouraged to give up people-pleasing and to find out what it means to please God. If you made the choice to be a God-pleaser, you'll want to listen in today as Pastor Trent explains to us how to get God's approval. Here's Pastor Trent. Your drive for approval is not wrong. As a matter of fact, we have three God-given drives within us that are actually to motivate us to live for the approval of God. Here they are. The first one is attention. Don't you just feel like, man, I just want to be noticed. I just want to be recognized. I wish somebody would just generally acknowledge my existence. If you're a freshman at Notre Dame, you probably like, does anybody know I'm even here or care? So we all have that. That is not wrong. That is not sinful. As a matter of fact, I believe it's God-given. We all want to stand out. We all want to think we're special. And we want to kind of stand out from the group. That attention drive is meant to drive you to God because you can have the attention of God, if you would just become aware that he is with you. Jeremiah chapter 1, God's speaking to Jeremiah. Jeremiah's afraid because he's got all these people that are not on his side and not a big fan of Jeremiah. And God says, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you. In order to be released of the fear of man, I must be consciously aware that God is with me. So it's a God-given drive. Here's another one, the drive for acceptance. The drive for acceptance, I believe, is a God-given drive because God designed us to live in community. He wants us to live in relationship. God didn't design you to live on an island, isolated, independent, autonomous. He wants you to live in community. So the same guy that wants to stand out also wants to fit in. And so we want acceptance. But here's the thing. God meant for your acceptance drive to drive you to him so that we would find our acceptance in the beloved. We want to be loved. We want to be known. We want to be cared for. And so it's to drive us to the heart of God. God says, I'm watching. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for someone on whose behalf he can show himself strong. He wants to give you his attention for the right reason. So it's a God-given drive. Here's another one, the drive for acceptance. The drive for acceptance, I believe, is a God-given drive because God designed us to live in community. He wants us to live in relationship. God didn't design you to live on an island, isolated, independent, autonomous. He wants you to live in community. And so we want acceptance, but here's the thing. 
God meant for your acceptance drive to drive you to him so that we would find our acceptance in the beloved. We want to be loved. We want to be known. We want to be cared for. And so it's to drive us to him. We want to fit in. And then here's the third thing, the drive for approval. I want to stand out. I want to fit in. But I also want a thumbs up. I just want somebody to tell me, good job. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's what we want to hear when we're standing at the judgment seat. Now, here's the thing. You can have God's attention unconditionally. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be anything. God's watching. You can have God's acceptance unconditionally. You're accepted just the way you are. God made you. Now, he loves you too much to keep you that way. He wants to change you, but he accepts you the way you are. But the third one is conditioned on some things. If I want the approval of God, I must have and be some certain things. And mark it down. There will come a time in your life when you cannot have the approval of God and the approval of your friends at the exact same moment. It is in that moment that it will be determined whose approval are you living for. So we've got to do our best to present ourselves as a workman approved unto God. Now, here's the second thing. We must learn the attitudes that always get God's stamp of approval. Now, can I just preface this point here? I want you to turn over to Matthew chapter 5. Everybody turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. Meet you there in a minute. But I'm about to risk something. I'm about to risk you completely misunderstanding how to get God's approval, and yet it's necessary if we're going to really understand it. Okay? I'm about to give you a list of eight things that get God's approval. And you know what we have a tendency to do? We all have a default setting in our hearts to think like this. Well, I want God's approval. Give me the list. Give me the check boxes. I will work hard. I will do this. I will do this. I'll not do that. I'll not do that. And if you have a tendency to do that, number one, welcome to the human race. But number two, do you realize that is the very thing that will keep you from getting God's approval? You see, the gospel gives us not a list of things to do. The gospel gives us a list of things to be. They're heart attitudes. They're not actions. They're not academics that we need. They're attitudes. So here's the thing about the gospel. The gospel gives us the list of things we have to be, and then it's the list that convinces us we can never be those things. But if you want the approval of God, shape your attitudes around these eight things. Do you have your Bibles open to Matthew chapter 5? Now, this list that Jesus gives us in the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount has been labeled, what's it called? The B attitudes. Have you heard of this? So these are attitudes that ought to be. Do you see that each one of these eight starts with a particular word? Do you see the word? Verse 3, what's the word? Blessed. There's a lot of theologians that have tried to tell us what that means. Blessed, some people say, well, that means happy. Eh, probably not. Blessed, what does that mean? I, I like to look at it this way. These are attitudes that invite the blessing of God. Do you want God to bless your life? you want God's blessing on your life? 
then he says, shape your attitudes into these eight formative heart motivations. And the first of these in verse 3 is this. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Do you see the word blessed there? This is the way I want you to think of that word. Approved. God always approves when our attitudes are poor in spirit. So this is the way we're going to say it. God always approves of humility. What, is it, what does it mean to be poor in spirit? It means, it means to be in a poverty class. It means that we focus not on what we have that we could use to impress people. It focuses on what we need to be approved by God. Have you noticed nobody is drawn to the guy that flaunts what he has? I mean, you might be impressed by what a guy has. He's intelligent, he's athletic, he's wealthy, and you're impressed by that, but that really does not draw you to him. It's like, I really like that guy. Anybody? N nobody's drawn to the guy that flaunts what he has. But everybody's drawn to the guy who understands and admits what he needs. So instead of using what you have to impress people and get people's attention and acceptance and approval, why don't you humble yourself and admit, you know what, I've got such a long way to go. I, I fall so for, fall short. There's so much unfinished business in my life that God needs to do. And yet an approval addict would never say things like that. Why? He can't risk losing the attention, the acceptance, and the approval of other people. But a guy who humbles himself gains the blessing and the approval of God, and God gives his attention to this guy because he understands, oh, you need some stuff? Well, I've got a supply. Let me see if I can meet that need in your life. Thank you for admitting it. Here's the second thing. It's an attitude of repentance. Look at verse 4. Blessed, what's the word we're using? Approved. Approved are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. What does it mean to mourn? Does that mean God just loves depressed people? This is what it means. These people mourn over their sin. They grieve over how they've displeased God. They, they, they mourn and even brought to tears, brought to their knees by the, the stuff in their life that they know God is displeased with. And when God makes them aware of it, their hard attitude is to mourn, to grieve, to confess, to repent, not excuse, justify, blame, not to pretend to be perfect because nobody expects you to be perfect, but everybody expects an apology. Don't you appreciate the guy that comes up and humbles themselves like, you know what, my sin damaged you. My attitude was not right. That was not my finest moment. God has shown me that. I've sought his forgiveness, and I'm here to seek your forgiveness. How can I make this relationship right? That's a hard attitude of repentance. And when you do that, God always approves. Here's the third thing. It's a hard attitude of putting others first. Look at verse 5. Blessed or approved are the meek. Approved are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. See the word meek there? So often we think that that means weak. It's exactly the opposite. It is a strong, influential, persuasive, powerful person who has the ability to use what he has 
to get the attention, acceptance, and approval of other people, and yet he chooses not to. He uses his power, his influence, and his persuasion to advance other people. He's meek. He's powerful and uses all of that to leverage, to help others. He puts others first because, after all, nobody wants to be impressed. Everybody wants to be loved. And when you use your influence and your power and your persuasion and your money and your time to advance others, people feel loved. And when you do it, God always approves. Here's the fourth one, an attitude of an appetite for him, an appetite for righteousness. Look at verse 6. Approved are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. How do you develop an appetite for God? You have to starve your appetite for attention, acceptance, and approval from other people. And it increases your appetite for God. It's an appetite that he labels as right or righteous, a hunger for righteousness. Nobody's satisfied by sin. It might satisfy you for about five minutes, but in the end, you're going to regret it. And you're going to wish, if I could go back and do that again, I would do it differently Everybody's satisfied when you make right choices. When you live for the approval of God and do what's right, God always approves. Here's the fifth one, verse 7. It's forgiveness. Verse 7 says, Approved, or blessed, are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Who is it in your life that needs a little mercy? Who is it that has so disappointed you, so failed you, so slandered you, so exhausted you, that you have separated yourself from because you don't want to be hurt anymore? God says, approved are the merciful. You say, but they don't deserve it. Exactly. Yeah, you are approved when you show mercy to people who don't deserve it. Why does God approve of that? Because it's exactly the way he treats us. It's an attitude of forgiveness. Newsflash, nobody's perfect. Everybody's going to need mercy. Everybody wants a second chance. Everybody wants a fresh start. And you go on the initiative to show mercy to people who don't deserve it. Every time you do that, God approves. Here's an attitude of an unpolluted heart. Look at verse 8. Blessed, approved are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Jesus always goes to the heart. He's not giving us a list of rules and regulations. He's going after the heart. And what he's saying here is it it doesn't matter how impressive you are externally. It doesn't matter your external appearance and how many people applaud. It matters what's in your heart because nobody appreciates a hypocrite. What they look like on the outside turns out to be something very different than what they are on the inside. Nobody appreciates a hypocrite, but everybody values authenticity. Just want to know that you're sincere. And so when we're sincere, when we are authentic, when we deal with heart motivations, God always approves. Here's the seventh one, a heart attitude of reconciliation. Look at verse 9. Approved are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. If you are going to have enduring relationships, if you're going to have friends that last for more than a year, 
if you're going to have a marriage that lasts for more than five years, you're going to have to learn the art of peacemaking. Nobody cares if you are right when you're in the argument. You need to care more about making sure this relationship gets to the finish line. And you go the distance with the person that you're in relationship with. Whether that's a marriage or a husband-wife relationship or whether it's a parent-child relationship or a friendship, everybody cares about enduring relationship. You do not want to get to the end of your life and look back at a string of dead bodies and dead relationships. It's going to require peacemaking. And when you make peace, God always approves. Here's the last one uncompromising faith. Look at verse 10. Blessed, approved are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. True faith is not revealed until it is persecuted. Until you have to pay a price for what you believe, until you're willing to lose a friendship, until you're willing to lose a job? We don't even really know if you've got enough faith. But he says, blessed are the persecuted because it's in that moment that your true faith is revealed. Nobody respects a coward. But even people who disagree with us, they will respect a person who stands for what he believes to the end even if they disagree. And so, do you have an uncompromising faith? If you're willing to pay a price for what you believe, if you believe this book is the inerrant, infallible, inspired, authoritative revelation of God's mind to humanity, if you believe that, you're going to pay a price for that. Not so much in decades past, now it's time for true Christians to be revealed in the midst of those who are willing to persecute us for our faith. And so when the persecution begins, we'll find out who gets God's approval because those who have an uncompromising faith are always approved by God. Now, real quick, we're almost done, but again, I am so afraid that you're going to misinterpret what we just did. I just gave you a list. And we are really good at creating a list of man-made religious regulations and going out in the day and say, I'm taping those on the refrigerator for my kids and I'm going to get a box of gold stars, I'm going to get a box of gray dots, and I am going to start sticking people that I think are humble and, and I'm going to really try to be humble because I've, I've really been good at being humble this week. And, um, and have you seen how humble I've been? I mean, I am so, I'm so much more humble than that person was. And dude, you just got a gray dot. So, so here's what I want you to understand. Religion motivates you to try to do something to gain God's approval. We're here to answer the question, how do I get God's stamp of approval? It is not by doing something. Hear me. You get God's stamp of approval by believing something. Here's the last thing. Exchanging God's disapproval of you for God's approval of Christ 
gets God's approval transferred to you. Now, don't miss this. You will not hear this statement in many churches. I'm going to risk making a statement. God does not approve of you at all. You can't do anything to get his approval. That's bad news. Like, man, I came to church to get cheered up and tell me I'm just a loser. Yeah, it's bad. It's, it's really bad. As a matter of fact, God created a place called hell for all the people for whom he disapproves of. And everybody in this room, God disapproves of. You were loved. Have a nice day. No, no, wait, you got to give me something here, okay? So, sorry, if God disapproves of me and I need a stamp of approval, I don't want to be addicted to man's approval. I want God's approval. I really want God's approval. How do I get it? You can't. That's it. All eight of those attitudes, you haven't had those. You haven't. Our hearts are filled with pride. We put ourselves first. We've compromised and been cowards in front of people and not stood for Christ. And God disapproves of all of that. God's only given out one gold star. And you didn't get it. So, do you remember when Jesus, at the beginning of his ministry, came to John the Baptist? John was baptizing people. Remember, this? he was just whoosh, 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 whoosh. Jesus came and he wanted to be baptized. And when Jesus was baptized, there was a, a dove that dis- descended, and it was the mark of the Holy Spirit descending on Jesus. And then we're told that there was a voice from heaven. And do you remember what the voice said? So this is God the Father speaking of God the Son, and this is what it said. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. God's stamp of approval was given to Jesus Christ. It was the only gold star God ever gave. Everybody else got gray dots. At the end of his lifetime, three years later, Jesus crawled up on a cross. And do you know what God the Father in that moment was saying and doing to his son? He was treating Jesus as if he disapproved of his life. Like, I don't get it. At the beginning of his ministry, he said he approved. At the end of his ministry on the cross, he's treating him like he disapproved. Yeah. In the moment that Jesus was hanging on the cross, Jesus was absorbing every gray dot of every person who would ever believe. God was treating Jesus as if he disapproved of his life so that all those who would repent and believe could be treated as if they had gotten the gold star. The gospel is simply this. You can't get God's approval. 
Jesus got God's approval, and only those who are willing to exchange their gray dots for Jesus' gold star are going to be approved by God when they stand before him in judgment. So are you trying to get God's approval by getting gold stars and doing things and checking boxes, and I went to church and I gave money and I'm a good person? Is that what you're trying to do? Because if that's you, you're going to hell. But if you're a person who humbly comes and says, I got all this sin, I have lived my life for the approval of others, I have disobeyed God in so many different ways, and yet I am willing to humble myself and mourn and grieve over my sin, and I want to exchange all of my gray dots for what Jesus did on that cross, if you will embrace him by faith, then in the end you will be found in Christ, you will be treated as if you lived the life of Christ, and God will exchange your disapproval for Christ's approval in you. This is the way that Paul said it in Philippians chapter 3. Be found in him, not having a righteousness or an approval of my own that comes from keeping the law and checking boxes and getting gold stars, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. You get God's approval Not by what you do. You get God's approval by what you believe. That what Jesus did on that cross was full payment for everything I've ever done in disapproval. And I receive the approval of God because of what Christ has done on my behalf. Do you believe it? Have you ever changed that default setting in your heart from a rule keeper, religious person, to just simply embracing what Christ did on your behalf? Listen, if you believe it, it will radically alter what you do. If you believe that you have been given God's approval, you will live for God's approval. And you will be dis lodged from gaining the approval, the attention, and the acceptance of other people because you have it in Christ. You say, I want the approval of God. I trust that's why you're here today. Before you can do practical things and reshape attitudes that get God's approval, there's got to be an initial act of surrender and faith and say, Lord, I'm bringing all my my gray dots and all my sin to you and my failed attempts at religion, my failed attempts to keep rules and regulations. God, I can't do that. I want to lay all that at the cross and embrace what Christ did for me. I want to stop trying to impress you. I just want to live my life in gratitude for what you've done on my behalf. We hope that during this Approval Addict series, you've learned how to identify your own people-pleasing tendencies and how to overcome them by embracing what Christ has done on the cross. Ultimately, we've learned that the only approval that really matters is God's. and His approval, it's found in the perfect life of His Son graciously given for us. Well, if you're looking for a place to worship, we'd like to invite you to join us at Harvest Granger, Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. 
We're located on Hickory Road, just north of Cleveland Road in Granger, Indiana. I hope you'll join us again next week here on Resonate at this same time as we introduce a new series called Be Bold. In the weeks to come, we'll hear Pastor Trent teach from God's Word on hot topics like the origin of man, the sanctity of life, the significance of marriage, and the certainty of judgment. Thanks again for joining us today. I'm Aaron Paulus, and until next week, I hope that God's Word will resonate in your heart and mind. Resonate is a radio ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. Visit us online at harvestgranger.org.